Hello, folks. We are back with another episode of Generation Red, the kettle corn of Husker fan podcast, where we try to be sweet, but at times we do get a bit salty, and we are a proud member of the Herd at Sports Network. I am your host, Ken. And I am the betrothed son and co-host, <laughs> and I guess just host, uh, Scott. Hi. That's right. And uh, we have a guest in the studio with us tonight and uh but before we get to that we got to do a little bit of housekeeping real quick first and foremost you can save 10 bucks on an annual subscription to hail varsity by going to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and put in the coupon code generation red all one word i believe all caps and that'll get you 10 bucks off a year subscription doesn't get any better than that if you ask me just the uh yearly magazine alone is worth worth it and our guest has a big hand in that yearly magazine this year but before we get to him we're almost there i promise <laughs> nebraska podcast awards first annual are august 19th 2023 at 7 30 p.m at nebraska brewing company in la vista nebraska who i said nebraska three times in the same sentence i think i should get an award for that um, voting is live now and it ends in seven days. So to vote now, click on the link in the description of this video and you should be able to do that, which of course I forgot to put the link in the description of the video. So you have to wait until after the show posts folks, it'll be there. Uh, any of you listening to the audio podcast in a couple of days, you should be able to click the link that's down in the show notes there as well. And you'll be able to vote for us on those three categories, the, uh, video visuals, comedy and the kool-aid aholics anonymous if anything give us the kool-aid award just to piss off red cats rock <laughs> that would be pretty cool <laughs> that would be pretty cool and you he can, would he would take that one personally yes he would absolutely he would and i would enjoy personally gigging him about it every single time i got a chance uh free tickets to attend the awards show might still be available just Google Nebraska Podcast Awards and click on the Eventbrite link. Without much further ado, we are joined by Eric Francis, 30-year veteran of photographing Husker sports and covering them pretty extensively, and especially in the last few years with Hale Varsity. I forgot to write down a bunch of the stuff off of your Twitter so that I could introduce you properly, Eric. I no apologize worries. for that. But, dude, welcome. And uh, we've been hanging out and talking on StreamYard for a little while. It's been a lot of fun, and I am really looking forward to the conversation. Thanks for joining us tonight. Absolutely. So just dive right into it. What is it that uh, got you into photography? When did you first discover that you liked to take pictures? So a little bit in high school, but mostly when I graduated high school, I was still just going to college. Um, I was going to teach something. I didn't really care what and coach football. That's all I wanted to do. Mm. And uh, that was my plan. And then um, that summer, and I'd always kind of, you know, played around with my mom's camera and, and things and it, but it, it was nothing more than just like a, a, a passing hobby. And then the, that summer after my freshman year, I came back and, and spent a lot of time hanging out with a good friend of mine that I went to high school with. And he was get really getting into photography. Hmm. And honestly, it looked like a lot of fun. And the, all the gear was really cool. Right. <laughs> I'm kind of a gadget guy. Right. Um, 
so you know and photography is a bunch of gadgets mm-hmm. and i just loved that i loved all that part of it and it was fun and he was starting to get into the the photojournalism thing and that really looked like a lot of fun um, meeting people telling stories um, going to all these cool events not just sports but you know covering politics and and mm-hmm. news and spot news and all kinds of things and it, it was it's a lot it was a lot of fun and so i really got interested in that and about the same time that after my sophomore year just saw sophomore junior and junior year of playing football and sitting in my dorm room with ice packs on both knees three or four times a week i just had a moment of what are you doing i mean as much as you love this game Mm-hmm. you're done after college you there's not like a you're not playing for the pros here um so i kind of i gave up my senior year and and picked up the camera full time and and kind of went all in with that and moved back to omaha uh worked at the uno student newspaper for several years mm-hmm. and then uh got some jobs and 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 around here, covering sports is a lot of that job. Freelancing for the the World Herald and the Associated Press, a lot of it was shooting sports. And mm-hmm. and over time, I just kind of started to realize that I'm not half bad at it, and um, and just kind of went with it. Hmm. Did you did you have like a? This might be a kind of a dig into your core memories here a little bit, but did you ever have like a moment when you were like in the initial stages of kind of exploring around with the photography thing with different cameras and you said you're a gearhead and all that stuff, but did you have like a moment where you got a gallery of just awesome photos and you're looking at them at maybe it's an event that really intrigued you or something. And you just, you just kind of sit there in your room or, or in, in your studio or wherever you're at, and you're just looking at these photos and you go, I really want to do this. Did you have that moment? Is it still like, and do you have that maybe ingrained in your memory at one there point? Wasn't, there wasn't like a singular light bulb moment. Like, like what you're going after. There wasn't a moment when, when it just, for me, it just kind of evolved. Mm. In in that there was more sports and more sports, and I got and I started to get pretty decent at it. Um, my, I suppose the closest thing I'd come to, you know, the learning photography is just like anything else. It's just a it's 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 a skill set that you 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 dive into and you give yourself over to if you really really enjoy it. Um. But I, you know, I covered the College World Series for 25 plus years mm. for the Associated Press mostly. And I started to realize some things through that process is when I started to realize some things about, about myself. And I had kind of what I called a Zen moment, mm. um, baking in the sun out at Rosenblatt. Or maybe, yeah, it was probably still at Rosenblatt where I realized that uh, I stopped, you know, cause the early part of, of the career was, was trying to learn it and, you know, 
learning from your mistakes and chasing that last mistake you made. And I had kind of a Zen moment. It was kind of a light bulb moment where I realized to, to just let, if I missed a photo, cause you're going to miss them all the time, right. right? Even the best shooters in the world miss stuff all the time. And I had the Zen moment where I realized to just let that go and stop chasing the last mistake I made ah. and keep looking for the next one. You know, and then I start to realize that, man, that's kind of a metaphor for life as well, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, true. stop chasing that last mistake, learn from it, and, and start looking for the next one. Otherwise, you're going to miss the next one too. Yeah, because you're still being haunted by the last mistake you made or the last thing you missed. And then once I made that, it was almost like a light bulb moment, light bulb transition. Once I made that mental shift. That's when my work really took off, mm. really, really took off. And I started to realize also through doing college world series and, and some, and some of the Nebraska football thing, things that, um, I kind of get better the more the game matters, mm. you know, mm. like early in, early in the weeks of the covering college world series games, I wasn't fully engaged and I might miss something and uh, who the hell cares. But as the week would go along and games started to matter more and more and more, I started to miss less and less and less. Right. In fact, one of my favorite stories from that time was actually my, my, um, the other staff photographer partner at the magazine, John, John Peterson, used to work the college world series for other organizations back then. And one day he was sitting behind me and I don't even remember what it was. Something happened. Boom, boom, boom. We make the picture and I'm looking at it at the back of the camera and because he's over my shoulder, you know, he can see my camera and I just hear from the back. He says, he, he says something to the effect of God damn, do you miss anything? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I actually miss a lot. The problem is now when I miss something, I don't care. You're in the moment, right? And moment the more the moment. more the more the moment more the moment matters, the more you get dialed into. The more I seem to get dialed into it. I don't know if that's a, a residual of being an athlete for all those years or what it is, but the more the more it matters, the more I'm focused in. And ironically, COVID put a huge spotlight on that for me. Because now all of a sudden, we were shooting sports in empty arenas, in empty Memorial State. This is the first time I'd ever shot a football game at Memorial Stadium when there was virtually nobody there. It's first for everybody. Right? I mean, yeah. I can, I, I, I'm 40, 50 yards away, and I can hear the center making his calls. Wow. Right? It's that quiet in there. Wow. Oh man! And what I How and I you... found myself struggling. Oh yeah, for half of that season to focus and to do my job. And I, I had I realized that I, I, my entire career, I had had to learn to focus through the energy of ninety thousand people. Because when you're hmm. down on that field, all that energy is focused on that field, so you can't help but absorb it and feel it and, mm. and have that. And I, I learned throughout my career to focus through that just like the athletes do. 
Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was gone. Mm. And I had nothing to focus through. So it, 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 it felt a little more than a little disconcerting. For a I, while. I have like another kind of off the cuff, off the, uh, the outline question, just cause I find photography very intriguing. It's always something that even with just my iPhone, I don't have any fancy cameras or anything. I just usually rely on my phone. IPhones and do a great job. Oh, they do. They do. I love taking good photos um, just because they capture a good moment. And I notice whenever I'm taking a good photo and I look at it, I'm like, that's a damn good photo. When I reflect back on it, I realize that a lot of it's mostly just intuition, like that I know what looks good Mm -hmm. in my mind's eye. So then I take it with a camera and hopefully it reflects what I see in my mind. Yeah. Um, With you being a sports photographer, obviously there's a lot of focal points. You know, the guy who has the ball is usually where you're pointing the camera. Um, but do you still have moments where it's like, you're just relying purely on your intuition of where to aim your camera at the right time to get the right moment? It's a little bit of both. I mean, it's a little bit of intuition. It's a little bit of, of knowing the coaches, knowing the players, knowing knowing what they're likely to do Mm -hmm. and you can kind of increase your odds if you have an idea of what they what they're likely to do just like a you know what a defensive coordinator would would be thinking you know trying to anticipate what they're going to do and you can put yourself in positions to do that um there is a lot of instinctual stuff that happens, uh, you know, like I, I the, the, that shot from Rutgers that I think is in the slideshow yeah, we'll touch yeah. on later. That was purely an instinctual moment. I, I don't even think I got the camera up to my eye in that moment. It was purely instinctual. But that's, you know, those are the kind of things that happen after 40 years of, you know, of refining your craft hmm. and, and when, when you've when you've got the craftsmanship part of it on point, then you can rely on those instinctual moments when they happen hmm. and have success so, there. Have you have you always kind of focused in or or um, covered the Huskers in some form or fashion over your career? Was it just happenstance because you were in the Nebraska area that you worked at, or was it was there an official? You're probably what an independent contractor or yeah freelancer for the most part so it's just kind of like as people say hey we need you to come cover this is that more or less yeah 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 and it's been for different organizations over the years but you know pretty Hmm. much Hmm. how about some highlights do do you i I know we're going to go through some shots we've got a gallery full of stuff that you've done since you've been at hail part of hail varsity but are there some highlights some shots that you remember back in the day say during the i don't know the, the glory years uh, yeah, I mean the the, the Fiesta Bowl had a lot of good, a lot of good moments. Mm, Was that yeah. your picture of Frazier running into the end zone on the front of Sports Illustrated? No, that was <laughs> oh, dang. I was hoping mm, it would. God, I'm trying to remember who was shooting that game. I think SI had two guys there for that game. Mm. I don't remember if that was Strohmeyer's picture. I don't remember who that. I don't remember who that was at the moment. But uh, no, he ran right by me, mm. and then. And then as he was running into the end zone to, to 
make that picture somebody stepped out in front of me oh wow I totally, I totally got blocked bummer <laughs> oh man the okay so i have another random question and it's something that i just like whenever i think of any industry or any craft or anything i always want to like i always want to know the background like what's going on in the background or what what absurd things do you do you get that not many people are ever going to know about because they just don't think about those things but do you do you have like any vivid memories of like okay they're doing all this over there but i'm just going to aim my camera over here and take a picture of something somebody doing something stupid or something really embarrassing or something that if if this photo were to get out the picture the person i just took the picture of would not be a fan of me um <laughs> have you ever gotten those moments before oh sure they've been playing i mean the one from last year i'm sure you know i'm sure a couple of pictures i've made of scott this last year probably wouldn't endear him to me a whole <laughs> lot cuz um i yeah. i we all kind of we all know what the writing on the wall was so i spent a considerable amount of time kind of stalking him <laughs> um, and not like right on top of him i mean i've got my big right. sports lens so i'm like you know 30 yards away but you know specifically keeping an eye on him for the right moment because you know i knew we were going to need it at some point <laughs> That's but yeah no i mean there's there's all kinds of the fans and things like that it comes to mind a picture i made of the college world series years ago of um, a girl jumped on the field and ran across the field and grabbed like the shortstop's butt as she ran by. You got it. You got a picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's probably it keeps popping up every year. Unfortunately, it's probably going to be one of my part of my legacy. <laughs> Twenty five years of covering the College World Series, and that's the picture everybody remembers. I don't hang know. it up on your wall. Well, if you covered it. Um... I went to my very first College World Series game in 1994. It was right after Nebraska wins the national championship. So it was the two games I saw was the very, it was that first Saturday of the weekend. It was Arizona State was playing, I believe, Miami. And then Oklahoma was playing somebody at night. So uh, Oklahoma and Auburn, I think, were playing at night. So the Arizona State and Miami game, we're sitting out in left field or right. Yeah left field we're sitting out in left field and somebody from miami hits a line drive to the outfielder in left field and he catches the thing probably 20 yards in front of the fence and throws a frozen rope to home to get the guy tagging out at third and it was i was like we're out there we're just doing this number you know right <laughs> as he's turning back around to walk and he fires the finger guns up into the crowd you know <laughs> it was really it was kind of like man i wish i had a camera this was kind of a cool moment nice. but, i was uh, probably there for that just, yeah it was it was a great play and then i think there was like eight home runs or something in the night nightcap which that was what i loved about rosenblatt rosenblatt was wonderful because nine times out of ten the wind's blowing out it was sure because they built it facing part. in the correct direction yeah they mm -hmm. didn't do what they did at td ameritrade but I wasn't uh, going to say or that, Charles Schwab or whatever the blazes they call it now, but right. It's yeah. Charles I've been to a few, Schwab. 
few college world series at Rosenblatt. I have not been to one at the new place yet. Cause to me, it's way more corporate than it used to be, but it's gotten, well, it's just like all the other ones. Every yeah. other NCAA championship is exactly the same. It's become this big yeah. event where it's almost more about the things outside the stadium as it is about things inside the stadium. Yeah, more about the bigness of the event as opposed to the spectacle you're actually seeing on the field. Right. Or, yeah. So Tens of thousands of shots at a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Jello shots. No kidding. Um, How did you end up landing at Hale Varsity? How did that come about? Well, for years, the the owner of Hale Varsity at the time, uh, we had been talking for several years about wanting to bring me over, but you know, he had to get subscriptions up and have the cash mm-hmm. flow to be able to afford bringing me over. And I just, I, and I told him, said, dude, just like just make enough so that I don't lose money by giving up one client to come over there and I'm cool. good. And finally we got the numbers close enough that I was, mm-hmm. I was ready to make the jump. Cause after years of doing the associated press and Getty images and, Mm-hmm. It had gotten really kind of formulaic for me and a little mm-hmm. stale. And the idea of coming over to Hale Varsity and having almost complete creative control and and the philosophy of wanting to do things different, you know, show our readers things that they don't normally see, the things they don't expect to see in a way they don't they don't normally see them. Um that was really intriguing to me hmm. and something I was ready to, I was ready to do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get to the, the photo gallery here in just a second, because, uh, what you're saying right now is exactly reflected in your photographs. At least the ones I picked anyway, were the ones that you've talked about before on previous shows. I know that, but they're just moments. They're, they're the ability to grab something in a moment of time. And it reflects a story. It's not just a person standing around catching a football. It's just you capture an emotion with what you do. And it's obviously Hale Varsity has really set you free to be able to do that. And they use a lot of those images. Uh, I know I've certainly, I just recently became a subscriber. I think it was within the last year. And just being able well, to. You've missed a lot of good stuff. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it was. Uh, and just getting looking through the photos. I mean, sometimes I don't even read the stories. I just want to thumb through it real quick just to see all the different photos. See, that's the they're best amazing. compliment ever. They're, they're amazing. And then, I, of course, I go back and read the stories because, you know, nobody buys a picture magazine just for the photos when they were a kid, did they? Uh, I did. <laughs> I, have a, I have shelves full of books back there that have very few words in them. Yeah, there you go. Oh, speaking my kind of language. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let me see if I can get this darn slideshow to work. Oh, that's right. I exited out by accident before we went live. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to add it. So, oops. Where's my cursor? Ah. Well, you guys talk amongst yourselves while I try to figure (laughs) out why my mouse doesn't want to work. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely, I still am a picture guy. I don't read books all that often. I just, I'm too ADHD for it. And it's honestly a skill that has to be acquired. Um, and I am honestly too lazy to acquire that skill in my late twenties, but we'll see. Maybe I'll get bored. But, um, every time I, I look at like the Hale Varsity magazine or just Sports Illustrated or anything like that. Yeah, I agree with my dad. Like the 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 thing that I always do first is I look and try and find my favorite image. And then I always lock in on the story that the image is re- related to first. That's how I thumb through magazines and, and news articles. I'm just looking for the image that captures my eye. So yeah. Same it's, here. It, it's it's definitely uh it's definitely a, a a career that I can appreciate the one that you know you, you were talking about the life. yeah you were talking about the cell phone thing earlier and one thing that came to mind was there's an old there's an old adage that goes around which is basically the best camera is the one that's in your hand mm-hmm. the one that you have on you the one that you have with you and for most people these days that's that's now the cell phone. Right. We don't people, most people don't carry cameras around anymore. And so I've often, I've toyed around with the idea and maybe it'll happen someday that I've always wanted to teach a photography class with just cell phones. Mm. Because even my professional cameras are so good at handling a lot of the technical aspects that it frees, it frees me up to, to be more creative Mm. Um, and, and put, and like in the old days, you really had to understand shutter speed, aperture film ISO. Mm -hmm. And there was no screen to look at on the back. You, you had to know in your head how that photo is going to look when you put those numbers on the camera. Well, now all of that stuff has gone away and the, the cameras have gotten so good at handling all the technical aspects that literally, I mean, really I could take my pro cameras and put them in all the automatic modes and hand them to you. And with very little input, you could make a decent action photo because Mm -hmm. the cameras have the ability to handle most of those technical things for you. (laughs) Um, So that's what the, you know, the, with the cell phone thing, cell phones the same way. Cell phones do great. And so it would free us up to focus on the important things, light, composition, moment, backgrounds, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff, rather than worrying about all the technical things. Let's just, yeah, that is let's true. just focus on the things that make a nice picture. Hmm. I, did, I would honestly be curious about that because, I, like I said, I run mostly off of my intuition and obviously I have a biased lens of, of view. So it's like everybody does at, at my photos. I'm like, this is a damn good photo, <laughs> but I don't know why it makes it a good photo. I mean, I have my, I have my hunches about like, okay, there's depth of field. There's, there's intriguing contrasting backgrounds and, and it, it almost adds an emphasis on the thing that I'm trying to focus on. But I just know that intuitively, I don't know it explicitly. And so Getting those oh, kinds of classes, but the really explicitly cool. stuff, that stuff you could you could learn. I mean, I I could teach you that stuff. The and that's exactly the, the basic composition things and and I harp on this a lot 
on some of my own channels is is doing things with intention, mm. right? Not mm. that it's always going to because you know, especially with shooting sports, it's inherently a an unpredictable event. But you can make choices and do things with intention to to, to increase your odds of getting what you want. Mm. You know, and outside of sports where you have more control, you can absolutely do things with complete intention and get exactly what you want. Hmm. But you have to be a little intentional about it. Fascinating. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I actually got the slideshow to work. It looked like it. (laughs) I had to plug my mouse in because... it charges via USB-C, so I unplug one of the cameras over here I'm not using and use USB-C cord to get the mouse to work. Yeah, yeah. I saw you struggling. <laughs> you were typing stuff in the notes. Camera <laughs> off. Even my keyboard wouldn't work, wouldn't let me turn my camera off. So none of the hotkeys right now are working in StreamYard, so Oops. it's going to be one of those nights. I think this one does, though. Nope, it doesn't. <laughs> I can't even turn on the stream. So with my stream deck, anyway. Um, okay. I have to do it the old school way. Yep, like that. Use the old mouse. The mouse is working. So there we go. That's the first picture I picked. Um, obviously, from this last last season. Do you remember where were? First of all, where were you set up to take this? It looks I like that. The, the, I I kind of like the story on this one too because I uh, I was you know shooting the game and. Usually, you know, you can, uh, I start to, and sometimes, I shouldn't say not all the times, but on this particular night, I had started to work myself because I'm always moving around the field. And so I had mm-hmm. started to work myself down the first base line to get myself closer to the exit. I was ready to go. And... Um, you know, and then all of a sudden, as I was working my way down the line, I, all of a sudden that game starts to slip away. I'm like, no way. They're not gonna, oh, oh crap. They're gonna. And so I just, Mm -hmm. I was down the first base line, um, down by the field and, uh, and so it, it just it just happened. This one just just happened to line up that way. I mean, I, I I did see ahead of time that you know if Creighton pulls this off, they're going to explode from the dugout and they're going to run right at me. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just happened to line up where you know pitchers walking off and and the dugouts exploding behind that. We had an interesting discussion at the magazine over this one or a couple other images that had they all had different qualities one over the other um but this one this one seemed to always just keep right coming back to the front for that sake of that discussion yeah i love the the way the depth of field looks on it the crowd is obviously way blurred out but you can see the joy on the creighton players faces but it's not quite as distinct as the the, the focus on the is on the the focus is on the pitcher because you know yeah, we, we work for a, off, right? Man, we work for a Nebraska magazine, so I'm always looking at at the red and red and white for to be a focus of the picture. Usually, mm-hmm. 
I mean, you can mm -hmm. even see the, just in the subtle top left corner, you can see the arms crossed fans sitting in their seats. Like it's the anticipatory feeling of defeat that every Husker fan is familiar with. Unless you're a fan of Husker volleyball, then that's less often, but um yeah, you can just see arms crossed. They're just like, wow. Wow. So if you look for those little details, it's like you, you can see everything. You can see yeah. the, 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 the synchronization of the pitcher and the fans. It's just so, so yeah. just, uh, Well, and then I know it. there's a pretty good story. Oh, of course it doesn't want to move the slide up. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to go old-fashioned here. <laughs> so there, there's the one with uh, Alexi Rodriguez helping Kenzie Nuck. Was that the night that Kenzie got injured, or was that after she had been injured? I don't remember. Yeah, now I'm having. Now I'm not 100% certain. Because she got hurt early in that match. Okay. Um, I, think, I think this was the night. Okay. But again, I'm I'm just walking off into the tunnel to go back to our workroom to start working up photos, and um, I just wow. something made me just like turn around for a second, and I see them coming at me. This is one of those instinctual things you were talking about earlier, and I just I literally it happened so quick. I just grabbed a camera, pulled it up, fired off a, a few frames, mm. and. There it was, and then you know, lo and behold, the rest as the rest of the season, you know, transpires, we've realized that that was Ken losing Kenzie was was Huge. a big Huge. a big impact to the team. Yeah, and it it was a it was a pretty pivotal moment. No doubt about it. Um, let's see here, there we go. Yeah, that's. I love watching this kid play and he obviously absolutely loves to play. Right. Right. I mean, the joy that he exhibits in this is just beautiful. Absolutely. It's such a great, again, you probably were in the moment or maybe were you, were, were you set up waiting to see this or was he literally pointing at you? No, he wasn't literally pointing at me. I think he was just making the finger guns cause he was shooting lights out as, as usual. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I apologize first and foremost to the folks who are listening to the podcast after the fact. Oh yeah. To see these photographs, I apologize. Well, they're going to have to go back and find it on. on go to uh, YouTube. Find on YouTube. Subscribe to uh, Generation Red on YouTube. Shameless plug. And uh, fast forward to about just right about thirty minutes, and you'll be able to see some of these see these photos that we're talking about. They're they're worth going to YouTube and checking out. Um, so moving on. This is a photo that I picked not for because it describes anything particularly um, traumatic. This is because Scott and I were sitting with our wives about two sections over to the right and about four rows down for this Georgia Southern game. So this was more of a. So you recognize the view. I recognize the view. I love that is my favorite place in the whole stadium to sit is up anywhere. It's kind of my preferred go to sunset spot now these yep. days it's um, so beautiful up there yeah i mean it, it is you can pee whenever you want you can eat whenever you want <laughs> and there's decent bathrooms up there that's beautiful yeah, you're just a mile and a half away from the field 
Yeah, that's all. But you can see everything. That's the thing. You can see the holes open up. You can see the passes in the air. You can, you can see it all. True. And in some ways, I think it's a better perspective on what's really going on on the field up there than it is, say, in the end zones. Yeah, when, I think I gave up an entire, almost the entire second quarter to make this picture last year. <laughs> um, but but it's but it's worth it, and it it. You know, it was it was Georgia. Perfect. It was Georgia Southern. I mean, they're gonna win that game. At least that was my, you know, obvious thinking at the time, and they did. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I I figured it was worth to go up there and make because we don't get the evening game at sunset with a nice sunset. Mm -hmm. Everything seemed to be lining up that night, and so I told John, I said, I'm gonna go, you know, hang out in literally behind the last seats in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to, to see if I can make a picture worth looking at. So you did that. I, it's so beautiful up there. I, I, especially like you said, when the sunset going down behind West stadium just doesn't get much prettier. Now, if you're up there in the middle of the afternoon, when the sun's starting to come down the Western sky and beating directly in your face, it's not exactly. Also, you, you won't find me going up there to make a picture in, you know, say November. (laughs) No, no, you don't have a lens hood big enough. Oh yeah. November. No doubt. No doubt. Blistering cold. Of course, this is from that game too. And I know you've talked about this picture. Uh, but I remember the first time I saw it as well and then heard you talk about it. I was like, yeah, that would have been what I would have thought immediately when I saw the picture was, yep. I think he knew it was over. Yeah. I, and that's, that was exactly my take from, and like I said, I'd been low key stalking him from yards away and I'm not the only photographer who was, I can tell you that, but you know, I was just always one eye, on the action, on the field, one eye towards where's Scott, what's he doing? And when I saw this go through the camera and I saw it in the moment, I thought, okay, this, that, that's a cover candidate when, when the time comes, because we all knew it was coming by this point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wound up, it wound up making the cut for the cover, but it just kind of says everything to me. It's like, like that was the moment he realized it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, he at least that's what that, it feels like. That resigned look on his face. Like I'm not pulling this out. It's not happening tonight. His players are standing quite a ways away from him. He looks kind of like a man out on an Island really. So next Second slide, line. if I can make it work, there we go. There's the one you were talking about earlier. The one where you just threw your camera up and hopefully you got it framed, even though you didn't quite get it up to your eye, right? That's there at Rutgers. Right. And that was that, you know, right at late in the game, right after a turnover. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where, you know, you know, most offensive coordinators after a turnover within shot of the end zone, pretty good chance they're going to take a shot because it's a good mm-hmm. time to get to to capitalize on momentum and and try to try to take a kill shot. So, you know, I'd positioned myself in a place where, you know, you know, it, it if, if it comes this way, I'll be in the I'll be in exactly the right spot. And then I see I see Trey line up on that side of the field. 
okay, it's looking better for me. And, you know, and I see um, KC just rear back and let the ball go. And I immediately took my eye out of the camera to find Trey because I it had to be Trey streaking down the and lo and behold he was running right at me mm. and I just grabbed my the little camera around my neck and just kind of brought it up and kind of shooting from the hip old west style and uh, that's where those you know the skill set kind of combined with some instincts and you know thirty years of doing it the wrong way right teach you how to do it the right way. So were you able to get the living daylights out of his way by the time I got, ironically, I got Trey slid right to the left of me and it was the Rutgers guy that actually kind of caught a little glancing blow. He hit it. I took his knee right in, in my right thigh. Oh yeah. When I rolled out of bed the next day, trying to, trying to get through the airports the next day was, was a little bit of a chore. Oh, I imagine. It was worth getting a shot, though. Worth getting a shot. <laughs> yeah, because at the time, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know yet. I thought, oh, you know, if Coach gets this thing turned around and this 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 moment could have been the turning point of the season. Now, it didn't play out that way, but in the moment, that's right. what I was thinking. Yeah. Right. If right. if he gets this turned around, this is going to be the picture of the year because it would have been the moment that it all flipped. Hmm. Yeah, and it almost did. It, Not quite, but you know, you you take a look at the games. You know, I threw that question there at the bottom. You know, without Trey Palmer, what would the Nebraska record in twenty twenty two look like? You know, he scored what both touchdowns in the Wisconsin game, and if it weren't for a defense that couldn't figure out how to stop anybody in the fourth quarter because they were wore out. Um, I know I, the the what if game is hard to play because, you know, know. I could counter and say how many more wins would Nebraska had without Scott Frost? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's worth at least two for sure. The concept for certain. Yeah. Two for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the what if game is really, really hard because it, the, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. Nope. No. Wife and I were at this game for Illinois when uh, we didn't know what Casey got hurt. She couldn't tell. You know, he just hurt his hand. He didn't limp. Well, when I, you know, this this was at the moment because I was in the other end zone and this happened like 80 yards away. Mm. And, uh, and I just saw him, I just saw him sitting there and I just kept my lens on him. And then when he looked down at his arm like that, I was, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, that's not what we needed. <laughs> that's kind of what we set up in our sleep <laughs> when Chuba ran on the field. It was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. God. So, oh. But, yeah, to capture that just at that moment, I mean, poor Casey. He could not catch a break. And I uh, threw this one in for also selfish reasons, not only because Ty got a sack against the Golden Flectones, but – because I <laughs> met him in Arizona um, at the uh, gun range out there, Rio Salado gun range um, went out there for Christmas. And I think it was the 26th or 27th. We went shooting and sure enough, we saw some Nebraska deer gear down the way. And so my 
son-in-law was like, you might want to go talk to him. One of the guys looks big enough to be a player. And I looked and I'm like, son of a gun, that's Ty Robinson. So I walked over. and I was that guy. Hey, right. dude, I have a podcast with my son. Can I take a picture with you so he's not pissed that I didn't? You know? <laughs> Still haven't convinced him to come on the show yet, but maybe one of these days. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I love that bokeh behind this picture. It's just that blurry. I, I just love depth of field. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those that you thought, or the lack thereof, lack thereof. Yeah. The, the framing of, of Ty and then just nothing but a blurry blur. Cause I'm sure that's what it feels like to them playing. It's basically all a blur. So mm-hmm. you're kind of capturing the moment for them as well. So, hmm. and there you go. Uh, the trader himself. Yeah. Oh, that's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah, making he had a team high eight solo tackles that day as a true freshman against that offense. So, and that running back too to just huh, great picture. <laughs> Still hurts to look at. Yeah, I love I I I'm one of the few people in the world probably that gets excited uh, when I'm working and it snows. Oh, because I, I, yeah. the, the I, there, there's a, there's a, there's a philosophy that goes around and I kind of subscribe to it is the worst weather makes the best pictures. Now it's, it's horrible to work in. This was not just snow, but it was kind of wet. It was kind of snow. It was kind of rain. It was just wet and cold and miserable. It was no fun working this game last year in Michigan, mm. but as long as it was snowing, I was excited. Oh, sure. Because get some good you, you, that's the only way you get images like this. And without the snow, it's it's just another football picture. Just adds another yeah. element to it, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and then that game, we were there. Coldest game I think I can remember being at as far as... It was so cold. Yeah, Garrett was... You know, we've we've talked about this photo a couple times. Um, I I really Garrett was kind of my barometer after every game. You know, because we go over there and we stand by the by the tunnel as the players exit and and you know try and make pictures that reflect the outcome of the game. And and Garrett was always kind of my barometer because I I always felt like all the way back to our our yearbook cover shoot from last year that he was on. And I got to spend some time with him and get to know him a little bit. You know, there's, it just always felt like he was, he was taken probably a little more on his shoulders than, than was due. Right. And, and I, one, I think it affected his play a little bit because he was trying to do everything Hmm. instead of just, just his job. Hmm. Um, But also, you know, he was, he's, he's a local boy, you know, he's, he's one of the few people on the team that were playing not at Nebraska, but for Nebraska for, yeah. yeah. And at this moment, at this time, we, none of us knew. And I think even he wasn't sure whether he was going to try to go pro or come back for another year. And so I was following him off, off the field and then he just, you know, as, as he walked by me and I turned around and like followed him with my camera, he just turned around 
and you can just see on his face that at in the moment he was thinking this might be my last time mm-hmm. you know so he was he was deliberately he took his time this moment lasted you know a good 10 12 15 seconds he was taking its time to soak in the moment mm. And uh, kind of like Adrian did the the year before at Wisconsin right. as he was walking off the field there. Yeah. Right. And then someone else pointed out the juxtaposition with, with Casey there mm-hmm. who, you know, f- he's a great guy, but for lack of a better term, he was a mercenary last year, right? Mm-hmm. He's not from Nebraska. He wasn't playing for Nebraska. He was playing at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a much different, and he had taken part in senior day. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't sure yet, um, but he had he had a much different reaction to that moment walking yeah. off the field, and that's why that's why you recruit local guys. Absolutely, yep. that's why I'm pretty excited about this new coaching staff, who's basically almost got no ties here at all, other than one guy with the last name, right, Riola. Right. But other than that, and they're hardcore going local. So I'm really excited. We're not there yet. We've got a few more photos I'd like to go through. These are more, these next bit, these are more nerding out on photography for me. There's a story I'm sure behind all of them, but I have to ask how the Bill Flarn filth, did you get this camera angle? Well, this is one, this is one of those things from, you know, years of covering Creighton also when I was, you know, doing the Associated Press and Getty Images and stuff. Down at, what is it now, the CHI Health Center. Okay. Um, we they, The catwalks up, up top, we have access to. Oh, okay. And so I, and I, and knowing that uh, the position of one of the catwalks is literally right over the top of this hoop. Hmm. And it was the first half, and that was the direction Nebraska was going. Or wait a minute, wait a minute, Creighton was going there. But anyways, I knew that this is the only time this year I'm going to have this opportunity. And I literally spent an entire half of basketball with my lens, you know, leaning over with my lens hanging over the, over the, over the railing up there to, to get these photos because it was the <laughs> only opportunity we were going to have. I I assume you had the camera around your neck so that well, I got it strapped around my arm and around my neck and yeah it's yeah. not there's no there's no risk of anything falling but, good because I know I I can imagine what that lens costs that you're, you're getting that shot with so um I, I I've got little kit lenses and I've bought like a 50 millimeter pancake and a two 50 millimeter pancakes and I, I or primes excuse me not a pancake but uh then a 16 millimeter prime and those those were hard to part with a few hundred bucks for i can't imagine <laughs> what it costs to get a, a little bit more that really can grab color yeah, and pictures and like you that. and you wouldn't want to be that guy who on live television drops you know a you know multi-thousand dollar camera on a on a basketball player well not only that i mean we, we go so far as to take lens hoods off all sure. no bat you know, like you take your basketball cap off mm. you just don't want to be that guy no. Right. And, and in our, in amongst other photographers, the way I always put it is I don't want to be the guy that, that takes this opportunity away from everybody else. Exactly. Right? 
Exactly. So, always, always shooting with the other guy in mind too. Um, this picture, I'm guessing first base. Yeah. Um, how the blazes did you get the angle? Where were you standing, sitting? Were you on the ground? How did you get? Just it? little. No, that just I was in the the little photo well right by the dugout, and I don't know. I just I saw it through my um through the lens and I'm just I, one of the things I love about baseball is it's the only sport that's intentionally played on dirt. Yes. Barring all the AstroTurf that's coming up now, but it's the only sport that is intentionally played on dirt. And I like that. I'm always in, I just like the dirt and the you know, you start off with clean white uniforms and by the end of the game you're just covered in I like that about baseball. So, so, you know, these kind of things catch my eye. What lens would that, I assume you use more than one. This would have been probably, this would have been my 400 probably with the teleconverter on it. Okay. Teleconverter. It increased the magnification. So it took my 400, made it like a 600. And then I probably, and then on top of it, I probably cropped it more. Okay. In the computer. Okay. 4K, I'm assuming you're taking that resolution out. Well, we don't that's a that's a video term, but okay. Yeah, we 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 still photographers talk in megapixels, but megapixels, okay. Yeah, but yeah, I am I'm sure I half of half of the art of photography these days is what you do with it in the computer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, getting the post production literally pushing yeah, pushing yeah. pushing the button is just and getting it in the camera is just half you've only done half of your job yep exactly it's like doing this uh getting the video out there live stream that's half the battle the rest of the battle is actually post-producing at the end separating it out into segments so that people can watch whatever part of the show they want or setting up the audio show to where all of us sound at the same level audio and all that good stuff and then putting it out there on the podcast app so yeah i hear you but I can't imagine. I, I've done a little photo editing when I've taken some pictures with the camera that I'm using for my uh, webcam today, and it's a lot of doggone work, and I'm terrible at it. But eventually, I'd like to be able to do some stuff like that. It would be kind of cool. So let's see here. Next, how did you do this? Is it straight up shutter, shutter speed? Shutter speed, yeah. I probably drug doing how I like to do it. I probably dropped my shutter speed down to around a fifteenth of a second. Okay, and pro- I probably shot ninety nine point nine percent garbage for the time that I was experimenting with this this panning process to get one or two images I was happy with. It's really cool. I mean, it just kind of shows both speed and probably a little, you know, you can see just enough definition in his arms to know that he's a, a little frantic. Kid. Really cool. Um, I always like to, tr- you know, one of the things that I, I shoot for is to, and there there's debates in the photo community of, of you should do this, you should do that. You shouldn't do something because it makes the viewer uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. My counterpoint to that is, it should be uncomfortable because everything about what these athletes are doing is uncomfortable. Sure. Right. The environment's uncomfortable. The stress is uncomfortable. The opponent is uncomfortable getting hit or 
doing your, it's all uncomfortable. Why shouldn't the photo also be uncomfortable to look at? You know, if it, if it, if it imparts a little bit of the feeling of what, what it, what it, what it might be like, then I consider it a win. Yeah. It's an expression of art. It's really, I agree with that entirely. That's what, that was the first thing that I thought of when, when I saw this photo was it's, it's capturing the gristle of the moment. Like it's, 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 it, cause I mean, when the football instinct is, it's an instinct, everything else is a blur. And so their experience is not high definition. So why not have a photo that is also capturing the almost low resolution experience that they're having? Right. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well put. I think these next few are actually black and white. Um, no, I love. I and I that my career started with black and white film. So I, got a soft you, spot. if you if you pour through my Instagrams, you're going to see a lot of black and white. I did. I went through your Instagram. I love black, black and, white. and white. A lot of cool stuff for sure. Um, this one struck me just from the sake of these young fans are enjoying cheering. <laughs> do we? Yeah. Do we want to let them in on the joke? (laughs) (laughs) Basketball is really hard to watch a lot of the time. (laughs) Not all the time, maybe. I know. know. Could be. Kese. Kese just let's just just drained one from half court. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I just remember it. It's just another one of those things. I turned around, saw it, went oh, and took a couple frames, and then turned back and turned back to the game and you know, pouring through it and post edit. Yeah, I kind of, it's kind of cute. I kind of like it. There's nothing super special about it, but sometimes there's, there's an intangible. Capturing a moment that they truly, truly enjoyed. Um, And just, it reflects that for sure. Mm -hmm. So, this again probably be your 400 on your land and your no this was right over my shoulder this is probably just like my 135 okay um because i was standing in the tunnel back there shooting what was happening in front of me with the 400 so they from from where i was standing this probably would have been way too close okay for the the 400 yeah Next one is what re- first of all Jesus. the gymnast having that kind of form and precision to make his body shape like that and look like that from that angle is just and then the uh, the shot itself getting it. Uh, I imagine you're in burst mode, probably shooting 34. Everything's in burst mode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so 20, you know, chalk is just so cool. Yeah, and that you know, this is the thing that I like about this one is this comes back to something that I harp on a lot intention and watch your backgrounds. You know, I intentionally saw this, this potential for this to line up where it's, it would would say Nebraska. And, and I just always liked the way the chalk comes off the hands in gymnastics. And Hmm. I liked it in black and white. So, what kind of shutter speed would you be using to cap? To well, that's inside Devaney, so I'm probably at, you know, 
twelve five twelve fifty, maybe sixteen hundredth of a second max. Yes. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, that's that probably sounds about right. But yeah, I was probably if I remember correctly, I was sitting on the floor with my camera also on the floor using a little flip screen on the back okay. to line it up to get this angle where I could get the Nebraska in the background right where I wanted it. Mm. Nice. Incredible shot. Absolutely. And to finish things up, uh, sentimental one for me, for sure. Yeah, it was sentimental um, for me too. Number one, let me just ask, how did you get such a nice tight shot? Where were you sitting or set up? You were obviously probably not standing. Well, when right they, when they did this, when they did this ceremony, did they do this after the first quarter or after the third quarter? It would have been halftime. Did they do this one at halftime? Which yes, they did. The ceremony for the locker room or was it just, this was, was the, this was the, this was the whole brought Frank back. Yeah, that was at halftime. Yeah, that was that because that was a longer thing at halftime. Well, mm-hmm. I had seen that John had positioned himself front and center from the whole like normal ceremony. So there's no point in me going and sitting right next to him. There, we don't need two people bringing back the exact same pictures. Right. And I, I had an idea of how he was going to do what he was going to do from that position. So I decided to just stay on Frank with the 400. Okay. Um, probably the, I probably left the teleconverter on it too. I don't remember, but I decided to just stay on Frank it's, because uh, I was looking for something just like this, you know, and, approach. and the rest of everybody else was irrelevant to me. And, it, you know, a little bit sentimental, mm-hmm. a little, little bit in my own feels about how things went down with Frank this moment, in my estimation, was long overdue, mm-hmm. and I just kind of had a feeling that you know Frank was going to feel a certain way about it, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was just waiting for that moment. And there was a couple of them. There, I was also I was debated between this one, and there was just there was one moment where he just smiled really big, like mm-hmm. Frank always did. Right, you know, he just always had that smile that was bigger than bigger than life and i was torn between the two but i keep coming back to this one because i think when you stop and you just kind of really look into his eyes and the expression on his face that he was in his feels about the moment no doubt about it absolutely you know (laughs) speaking of uh, frank and and seeing him on this i got to see him I can't remember if I, I don't think I ever watched him coach a game as head coach. I don't think I was ever in Memorial Stadium to see him coach a game, but we did get to see him coach in the Independence Bowl when he was at Ohio. Scott and I were both there. Um, They played ULM, University of Louisiana Monroe. It was the first year Nick Saban was the coach at Alabama and Louisiana Monroe beat them, if you remember that. It was like 2007, I think it was. So we were there. A minute ago. And, yep. Yeah, just a couple days ago. Yeah. And we're sitting and Frank's kind of coming around. And he's talking. It was like a commercial break or whatever. He's talking to the refs. They're kind of close to the sidelines. There's a few Nebraska fans around us wearing Nebraska gear. And somebody shouts out, we love you, Frank. We think you got screwed. 
And he turns to the crowd and he just gives a quick smile and he looks right over in our area and he just gives right. a quick smile. And I was like, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of cool. That's just so frank, you know, turn, just give it a quick smile. Nothing huge to put his own right. name off or anything, but it was just a, an acknowledgement. An acknowledgement. Cool. Right. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So let's, uh, you're, we're not the only ones that do this podcast thing. You do it as well, Eric. You've started, you did. I can't remember how many episodes in are you now? How long have you been doing the eye test? I don't know. We started last fall. Last fall. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how did it get started? What was the whole reasoning behind it? What had you thinking, hey, I'd kind of like to podcast? Well, I've been thinking of I've been thinking about the idea for quite a while. Um, and uh some of the people over at Heard at, we've been bouncing ideas around, trying to come up with the right idea, the right format, the right I didn't want to do just another podcast, just another Husker podcast, right? How am I going to, how am I going to, what am I going to do different? What's your niche? Right. Um, And I, you know, I thought there was something to something there to talk a little bit about photography and maybe the way that I approach things, the way that I see the game and how I see things happen, which is a little bit different from the way, like, for instance, some of our writers see it, mm-hmm. you know, Brandon is, I think I've told him before, I think he's like the best statistical analysis guy and working it into stories that I've ever known. He's, he's great at it, but it's also the reason that I love having discussions with Brandon about the football team the season, the, how things are going. Cause he's looking at it from those statistics mm. and I'm looking at it from, from more of a lack of a better term for more of an eye test, right? Mm. Did it look like football? Did it look right. like they knew what they're doing? Did it, does it smell like football? Was the body language? How was the body language Were they still competing? All of those things. Those are the things that, I notice all the time and it's a little bit of a byproduct of who I am, but it's also largely a byproduct of the way I approach my job. I'm looking for body language because, you know, I I can't see what's in somebody's head in the moment, but I can certainly take a picture of your body language and get an idea of Hmm. what might be in your head. Hmm. And so those are the things that I'm always looking for. So, that's why I like, I like having those discussions. And, and while Brady and I were on the road a lot last year, spending a lot of time in hotel rooms together, you know, we just kind of realized one night as we had spent two hours talking about the football game that we had just, that we had just covered that I just, I realized in the moment that Holy crap, if we had been recording this, it would have been a podcast. Mm. Why don't we just do this? (laughs) And, you know, I can work in some photography stuff and, and, uh, we can talk shop a little bit because I think people also like the, a little bit of the behind the scenes and how we do our jobs. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks great. You got to go to Michigan. You got to go to the big house, you know, well, the travel and the Ubers and the Airbnbs and the Ubers and the stadium and the, the 12 hour day. And then the Mm -hmm. three hours of sleep before we catch a, a 7 a.m. flight to come back home, you know, everybody else sat down on their couch and watched a game for three hours and it's a two and a half day deal for us. Yeah. Right. Right. 
So, you know, we can, we we can talk a little bit of shop too, but, uh, so yeah, that's how, that's how the eye test came about. Well, I know, Scott, did you have something? I'm sorry. I didn't even need to step on you. Um, I know you've, uh, talked about it before on the show. There's another podcast concept, perhaps other content. Working on another concept. I've noticed. I I've started to analyze like the direction that I was taking with guests and questions and things that I was uh, passionate about talking about in, uh, you know, raising good young men and how do we coach them and how do we make, mm-hmm. how do we make them better? And I started to kind of feel like maybe that was taking over and distracting from our original concept for the eye test. So um, we're working on, possibly carving that little niche out into its own little podcast where we're going to, we're going to talk about, you know, it's, it's still a work in progress, but basically I'm thinking we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of modern masculinity and how do we build better young men Mm. for this, Mm. for this world Um, and allowing them to, to, to be who they, who they are, no matter how they, you know, some guys are your 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 quote unquote traditional traditional your your stereotypical guy, and some mm-hmm. are not. But everybody should right. get to be who they are, no matter what they are. But when we boil it down, I personally feel like like this world, then uh, the the track we're going. Without I don't want to get into politics and all that, but. This 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 track we're on that we really really need good strong young men for the future we're going into, and I think some I of them I think some of them are a little lost at the moment. Oh yeah, I think it's a great concept, and I'm already subscribed, even though it's not out yet. So as soon as you let <laughs> yeah. me know that it's out, I will be subscribed, and it will be certainly in my rotation because I think you're absolutely right. Well, hopefully we can probably- get it up, you know, in the in the higher part of your rotation. Yes, I want to get. I want to get <laughs> lost in the. I want to get lost in the forties because I don't. I feel you. like those probably never get listened. <laughs> no, no. I test is always one of the first things I listen to as soon as it drops. Uh, there's other stuff that gets cycled down, but when I test drops it, that's one of the first things I listen to. So this will this will probably be the same thing. And uh, you know, Scott and I have been talking about a concept too of a different podcast that I've been talking about with a buddy of mine from church that I play golf with, and just. Uh, take a recorder out with us, sit on a golf course under a tree after we played around a golf, smoke a cigar, talk about a little golf, and then just talk about a topic, just one. Whatever. Just about, yeah. you know, hey, how do you deal with adversity? What is it that gets you through adversity? And then when the cigar's gone, gone we're done. And we shut it down. Just kind of a, you know, I don't know. We've got kind of a weird, some weird names kind of going through our mind. You know, something like staying the course, you know, or, you know, teeing off. <laughs> on, on life teeing off on mm. life or something just just have some fun with it and not be it wouldn't be weekly it'd probably be like once a month when we'd have time that, to, that's kind of that's the, the kind of one i think you can probably just do whenever you feel like doing it yep yeah doesn't yeah. have to be so, if you're not doing it for the purpose of monetization nah. and you're just doing it because you love it then just do it whenever you feel like it mm-hmm. absolutely no, I like I like that idea of your podcast because I think two things are true. That one you did say that was true, which is I think that 
like I like you said, to avoid politics or anything, which is absurd that it can even be qualified or quantified as a political problem. But it's I think it's a reality problem, which is that, yes, there are young men in the world that feel completely lost because everything that they do is wrong. Yes. And um, or they've been told that everything they do is wrong. Yes. Yes. Their intrinsic nature is wrong. Um, Yes. And and. Not to say that they're, like you just said, not to say that there isn't exceptions to that rule because there definitely are. I would be one of those people. I'm not your typical traditional type of guy, but I definitely have my inclinations towards uh, towards doing those things. Um, but then the other thing that you said that's at, that is uh, that complements that is that dudes consume podcasts as, almost as regularly as an alcoholic consumes beer. It's <laughs> There's a reason why... There's a reason why the Joe Rogan podcast is such a hit. And there's a reason why podcasts in general are such a hit is because that's the type of media that, that men in generally like to consume. They don't have all the time in the world to just sit and read articles and read books. And I can and, do two things that I can mow the lawn and listen to a podcast. Exactly. Can do yard my work and listen to a podcast. My I can, job. I, I can work on a thousand photos and listen to a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. My job, I do apartment maintenance and uh, in my truck, I'm listening to podcasts. And when the residents aren't there to have questions that need answered or whatever reason, for whatever reason, and to just not be disrespectful, half the time I have a headphone in one of my ears and I'm listening to right. a podcast. I run out of podcasts to listen to because I'm just mm-hmm. such a, I'm an auditory learner. Yeah, and I think a too. lot of, I think a lot of men generally are because I mean, men work trade jobs most of the time and those those jobs require a lot of verbal instruction and so i think and i think i also think i think i think men are probably a little more tactile learners as well yes like i have to be able to put my hands on it and and Mm -hmm. do it to 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 learn it i'm not i i personally Mm -hmm. have never been much on book learning no like whenever i got a new camera I would have it in my hand for three hours before I cracked the damn book. Yep. (laughs) Right. I I just open it up and start pressing buttons. What's this do? What's this do? And then inevitably I open the book and go, Oh man, that's really cool. I should be doing that (laughs) because you know, it's whatever new feature there is. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I used to be, I'm a retired over the road truck driver and uh, that's all I did was 11 hours a day 10 11 hours a day was oh my god podcast. that's just so i never had that long for, of a for podcasting <laughs> well, i never had that long of a li- playlist and when i was driving because i could listen to them all every day and that's how this show started was i was in the sleeper of my truck doing my end of the conversation and he was in his apartment there in lincoln so that's god bless awesome. technology yeah that yeah, StreamYard. Awesome. We could talk on StreamYard, but we didn't. We were audio our first year, audio only. So I'd right. record we my were, audio. Our first season was all audio too. Yep. Yep. And in hindsight, I was like, man, we should have just started with video from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely added a different element for sure. Um, I don't want to bite off too, too much, you know. That, that is the thing. It's <laughs> like, oh, I don't yeah. want to do everything all at once. Jump um, out of the nest and learn how to fly on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel there like you go. I've done that a lot work. in my life. I can't say it always worked out, but hey, sometimes sometimes falling is is probably the best learning. It's learning a great motivator, tool. isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want to do that again. <laughs> no doubt about it. 
Nope, you will have a subscriber, my good sir. If you if you uh, if you create that podcast as well, I will definitely subscribe and take a listen. So so you have another another guaranteed listener there, Buckle. Well, good, we're up to. We're up to two. There you Absolutely. go. Yeah, I believe you would have quite a few. To be honest with you, I think that's a good good topic that a lot of people would listen to. Uh, just in a, in a sense that it's what the world needs. You know. Yeah. I think God's hand would be on it, to be honest with you. So um, let's see. You got to do a photo shoot not too long ago for the uh, yearly, yearly for the yearbook, the Bible, if you will, Hale Varsity's yeah, Bible. The, pre, the, the football preview. Football yeah. preview. Yeah. And you sent me this little video and I'm just going to throw that out there for folks to watch. Sorry to all the podcast listeners right now. You're just going to hear the music, but it's good music. So. <laughs> Hopefully they I had fun doing that. <laughs> like you, I know you had fun with that photo shoot. I mean, a dude that really hasn't played a whole lot of football shows up with a goat shirt on. Yeah. Gets, and ballsy move. And when I saw the shirt, I was like, all right, well, we're going to go with that. That pretty much. I stopped Kane. Because we, we kind of went into the shoot with a, normally we have like some kind of a conceptual idea that mm-hmm. just to kind of steer the boat. We went into this one not knowing how much time we were going to have with them and all of that. Kind of loosey-goosey, and it was kind of, all right, Eric, go see what you can do. Mm. And so I went in completely open-minded to just, I don't know, explore the light in the, in the underneath the stadium there mostly and and just see what we could see what we could do. And he walks in with that shirt, and I went, all right, let's do it. Let's go. And, and uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Gabe's a good guy. Yeah. Very, a little more soft spoken, but, you know, I just wanted to see if I could catch some of that intensity in his eyes because I think he's he's had a not so not so smooth road. And I think he's, I, I feel like he's ready hmm. for this season to be something different. So we'll see. I have a technical question on one of the pictures, and that was the one where he's standing by the gate, I think it is, where mm-hmm. you've got all that backlight behind him and shows one of the guys fell in there, my, long my hair. 16-year-old son, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. What's your son? Okay. I, th- I was wondering. That was a reflector. Was that what he was yeah. holding to grab some of that light? Grab some of that light and shoot it back onto his face. Back onto him so you could get him as well as. Yep. It's a blown out background with the bright light. I thought that was kind of a cool effect. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> now that you've had a little bit of time and you've seen kind of the way this new staff has operated a little since, you know, the previous staff has left, what are your impressions just kind of general of coach rule, his staff and where perhaps they could be leading this team? This well, I, you know, I'll just say I'm, I'm no, no different than anybody else on the radio, on podcasts, writing stories, you know, we're all just taking our impressions and giving our best guess. But I feel like um, the way I've described it before is I feel like over the last 15, 20 years, um, ever since they let Franco, we've had a series of coaches who checked some of the boxes, but not all of the boxes. Hmm. And we've, we, We've as as a fan base, I feel like we've assembled this list of man. I'd like a coach to do this, 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 and this, right? Mm-hmm. And some coaches clicked off a few things, but not everything, and came up short in some areas and excelled in others. And it was never that, never anybody that like checked all the boxes. And I know me personally, I went into this coaching hire. And I was just tired of being, I'm tired of being burned, right. I'm tired of jumping on the bandwagon and, and then being let down. I was like, nope, 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 nope. I was adamant. You, you're going to tell me, don't show me or show me, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, you're going to have to prove it to me now. But <sighs> he came in and he just kept checking things off that list that in my head, mm-hmm. Right. He's mm-hmm. doing this, his organization, he's an adult in the room, he's right, he's recruiting, he's distant and he's out in front, and he's by all accounts, he's the same person that we see as the public or media as he is behind the closed doors. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps checking all boxes. And then one day I just realized that oh, damn it, I'm on the bandwagon again. Nah. Uh, I but <laughs> Yeah. It feels it feels different. Mm-hmm. Like the the past several years when the la- when when Scott got hired and we would go to you know the couple practices that they would allow us into it almost felt like they were forcing the excitement a little bit mm-hmm. not just the coaching staff but the players like they were they were kind of in fake it till you make it mode. Mm-hmm. And this is just one example, but when we went down, when we got access to practice in the spring, you know, I went, I gravitated over towards the offensive and defensive lines. Cause I think that's where the season is going to be determined. Yes, sir. And I wanted mm-hmm. to see, I wanted to see how they were approaching things. And there wasn't there team wide. And then, on a on a micro level with just the line, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of like I won't say unnecessary, uh, but there wasn't a lot of extra hyping each other up. They were just working. 
just working. They were just doing the work, coaches coaching, players playing, working on getting better. And mm. I like that, mm. um, especially in that position, right? You just work and you get better and we'll let the play on the field decide whether we get to jump around and be excited. Hmm. And we'll see, but it, if mm-hmm. it, 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 I, I think, and maybe I'm being a little optimistic cause I, you know, I'm, I'm born and bred Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want them to be good for lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, as a fan, as a media member that covers them, I want them to be good. But I think, you know, everybody seems to be making six and six kind of the over under number, right? Six wins is kind of where everybody's set in the over under. Mm-hmm. Some at five, some at six. I think they could very easily be over six just by having, just by coaching. And we alluded, I alluded to that when we started this, this podcast tonight, when we started talking that, you know, just different, better, more involved, intentional coaching is going to account for a couple more wins. Mm. Yeah. Just that alone. Yeah. Right. And, and making, you know, the right, (laughs) the right decisions, you know, don't Mm -hmm. unside the kick when you're done, when you, when you're up little things like that. (laughs) Right. I mean, but, and you know, we laugh at it, but you know, cause I've seen, I've seen some things lately where, where people are like, I've seen a couple of things where people are, are like saying they'll be lucky to win four games this year. Mm-hmm. And I struggle with that because that's only if you believe the team, the last couple of years, talent wise was only a three or four win team. I personally, mm-hmm don't believe that the last two seasons that the talent on that team was only worthy of three or four wins. No, that those, both of those teams were easily worthy of bowl eligibility, easily Mm -hmm. talent wise. Right. You just look at recruiting classes Mm -hmm. and they, they should have been at least that good. So, and you know there there there's been some change on the roster, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's taken any huge steps back that's going to account for they'll be lucky to win four games. I just don't see it. I think I think they're going to be better than six. Yeah, I don't see it either. I, I I think at least six is in my mind. You know, as you were talking, Eric, a, a thought crossed my mind. We used to see during the years that you know, Frost and company were in town, they'd all wear those day-by-day shirts, you know, the coaching staff. You know, every time you turn around, they had a day-by-day shirt on up at the podium, but they never got better and better. <laughs> That's because they, I don't, they wore the shirt, but I don't, I don't know that they, they actually believed it. Now, or embodied what day-by-day actually means. Day-by-day means you're doing the work. Yep. Not just the players doing the work, but the coach has got to do the work. Yeah. And that's a top down thing. Mm-hmm. 
right? You mm-hmm. just got to put your head down, do to do today's work and get yeah. 1% better. You get 1% better every day. You're golden. Mm. Yep. So it all starts here in less than what is it? 50 days now. Yeah. I think we're right at about 50. Right days, at aren't 50. So yeah. Sheesh. I'm ready. I'm ready I'm to, ready. I'm ready to hear the band I'm ready. and the fans and, and yeah. to hear the, even after 30 years, the still the first tunnel walk of the season just kind of mm-hmm. permeates my body. Yeah. And you, and you can't help but get excited. Cause I just, mm-hmm. I just love college football. I do too. We're just we're going to those first two home games and then also going to uh, Purdue for sure. Maybe more than that. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, my goodness, this has been a, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been great hearing your stories, all the things that, that you've seen as a photographer, literally not even through the lens, but just in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been, been very eye opening for us and for me for sure. But we need to know one more thing, just a little something, something about you that maybe you've never said on the eye test, or maybe somebody at Hale Varsity doesn't even know necessarily about you. Just a fun little quirky fact about yourself. This is our fun fact segment that sometimes isn't so much fun for people who aren't prepared for it. But I told you about it earlier today. I know you did. You so did. Come on you now, did. Eric. <laughs> Bring us a fun fact. Let's see. Oh, that's what I thought of. I got, I got, a, I got a couple things. Go for Behind it. Behind me yeah. here, if I don't lose my, it's got this bottle of dirt. Okay. From the last game at Rosa Blatt Stadium. Oh, very oh, cool! Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and my yeah. mom got me. My mom got me this little Rosenblatt Stadium thing that she found at a thrift shop somewhere. Wow. And I set that I set that little bottle of dirt inside that and I've moved it around with me every every time I've moved since because that's that's the the dirt from the last game played at Rosenblatt that I was there for. That is very cool. Yeah. And then I was gonna say on a on a personal level, as a Husker fan, somebody growing up in this town, played football in this state. Um, and since we were talking about Frank, my very first Frank Solich memory, personal memory of, of he was up at the high school I was playing at recruiting, you know, doing a stop through watching film with coach recruiting a couple guys. And I had just happened to walk into the locker room as they were walking out of coach's office and me and a, and a couple of the guys and, uh, he stopped and he mentioned my name and looked me in the eye and said, son, if you were three inches taller and 15 pounds heavier, I'd offer you right now. Oh, wow. You played O-line or what? Fullback. 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 Oh, golly. You could have been one of those yep. legendary fullbacks from back in the day. Yeah. If <laughs> mom and dad had given me three more inches, I could have found the 15 pounds. Oh, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> If you'd give me another three and a half inches, I probably would have just naturally had another 15 pounds. I could have hand you, I could hand you the 15 pounds because I found uh, them in the last. The 15 pounds would have been easy. I'm a coach. I'll find the 15 pounds. Yeah. I can't do anything about those three and a half inches you want. I'll wear, I'll wear some special guys cleats. 
yeah, there you go. Yeah, stilettos. Yeah. Anyways, I, uh, I wish I that's could. A, that's always been that story that just like like gets mm-hmm. me to the heart. I could have been could have could have could have if my genetic code had just given me oh. another three or four inches. Uh, do you have any new fun <laughs> facts, Scott? Uh, I got I got new suspension put on my car. Finally, I had the had the suspension parts come in like I don't know, back in like February or March or <laughs> something like that, and just put it off forever and ever and ever and ever, and got it on, dialed it in, and everything, and so now my car sits a little bit lower, and it's a way more comfortable ride. Good. Um, no more clunking in the back of the car, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's basically it. Um, yeah, car looks sweet now. I don't have this stupid gap between my wheels and the fender well. Nice. I hate that so much. I want it to be like <laughs> right about there. That that's what I want. I want you good like fitment. I I like good fitment, and I like when I turn that the bolstering in my seat doesn't have to work as hard to keep me in the seat. So hmm. that's uh that's a fun fact about me. My car is more of a race car now. So yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Uh let's see. For me, let's see my golf game's worse. It's not really a fun fact, but it's more funny. But the YouTube rabbit hole is I have decided is my mortal enemy. No matter what it is. Whatever topic I decide to research, there's 85 different channels that suddenly show up, and I like them all. So I'm watching videos. I'm like, oh, this will help my game. This will just this one little tip, and you'll be hitting the ball. Yeah, fifty tips later. Yeah, I'm I'm right. now. I haven't shot less than twenty something over par at the par three course lately. When I used because now you got too many things in your head too many things in my head so that's my fun fact you is need, need to get to back un- to stop thinking and just, <laughs> just swing, swing the, club. the club and call it good because <laughs> i have no swing anyway it's all arms there's really no body turn there's no it's just hope i hit it you know kind yeah. of thing and, and just to adjust your expectations yeah i'm, I'm not yes. good enough to get mad and swear so but I do anyway. I'm good at swearing. I've discovered that. That's another fun fact. But uh, I think we all are if we've ever mm-hmm. swung a club. Anyway, uh, Eric, where can folks find you on the social medias and how can they follow you? I'm on the, oh, my God, they all have different names. I tried to get them more unified names, but it didn't help at the time. Um, I'm pretty easy to find on all of them. You Pretty easy to find on Twitter. What is that or on that one? What is that one? Eric Francis picks. Eric Francis picks on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric's picks on Instagram. Yeah. And Sports Shooter 402 on Instagram. Okay. Uh, yep. You mentioned the eye test. Mm-hmm. Any and, podcast uh, And you can, any podcast. of the podcast apps, you can find and that you're on one. on YouTube too, right? Yep. We just started doing, we started cool. getting on YouTube and I started a little bit of my own little side channel thing where I just cool. talk a little bit more about photography and life. So sweet. When, cool. when I randomly have a thought, I just sit down and record some. <laughs> How about you, Scott? Yes, folks, you can find me on Twitter and Twitter alone. I'm at Scott Jen red pod. That is Scott with two T's. The second T is, and will always remain silent. Um, you can follow me there. 
still not active there yet. Once the season gets a little bit closer, I might get a little bit weirder. Um, so yep. Give me a follow there and, and hang tight for, for a wild ride. Absolutely. You can follow me and the show at Gen Red Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, or listen to the audio show on your favorite podcast app by subscribing to Generation Red. We post new shows within 24 hours after we live stream them. So this audio will be available. And uh, don't forget to look down in the description of this video once it is on demand, and you'll find the link to vote for the uh, Nebraska Podcast Awards. And that link will also be available to those of you who are listening to this show in audio. Anyway, for Eric Francis, he's Scott, I am Ken. Together we are Generation Red, here to remind you as often as we possibly can that there is absolutely no place like Nebraska. And Iowa's corn sucks P-trap juice. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. Okay. Until next time, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.